What's up, Braves Nation? This is the Ethos Sports Braves Podcast. I'm your host, John McKay, and that lovely voice you hear on the other side is that of Jeremy Bell. Jeremy, how's it going? Oh, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's a, a cold morning here, so, um, you know, it's uh, it's back to winter again. Ha! Well, it's 70 degrees and humid here, so I don't, I don't, I don't know how this is going to work out. Oh, man. Well, you know, we've had the uh, we've had the warmest winter, even though uh, back at the uh, end of December of last year, we had a, a cold spell that got in uh, stayed in the negative numbers mm-hmm. uh, for the first time in a long time. So I I, I don't understand uh, how we've had the warmest winter, but other than that, I'm okay. As long as it's not snowing, I'm good, baby. Uh, Christmas Eve and, like was miserable for us because it was in the like nines and lower, and I was like, oh yeah, I can't yeah. run. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, but, you know, it is winter, so, I mean, but, I mean, the reason that we're here is because it's spring training time, right? Yes. Um, the big question I keep hearing around the Braves is, who's going to play left field? Yeah, you know, I saw this yesterday. I was I was reading some stuff, and uh, it appeared that, uh, you know, uh, they were talking about Marcel Zuna, uh, and, you know, he's still under contract for, what, two more yeah. years? paying mm-hmm. an absorbent amount of money. And, of course, the Braves aren't going to be able to get rid of him. And if they do get rid of him, they're going to have to, um, you know, not get very much in return for him, probably end up having to pay his salary, most of his salary anyway, to begin with. Um, mm-hmm. But one of the things that, that I heard that, that was talked about was uh, about how he came in. It looked like he came in in, in uh, you know, better shape. Uh, he wanted to play uh, left field. um and didn't want to have to DH very much, uh, and and so I, I I was you know thinking okay well he could help I guess, um, but it still leaves you with the prospect of him hitting the ball. Uh, mm-hmm. He didn't talk about how if he had improved hitting or not, uh, you know, because that was the biggest struggle for him last year. You know, nobody cares. I don't know that anybody really cares anymore about what happens with his defense. Uh, he's at least <clears throat> subpar on his defensive side of things. And if they ever need to sub out, you know, on the latter innings, then, you know, you go with Rosario or somebody like that, you put them in. So, um, you know, it was his hitting uh, that mm-hmm. was atrocious. And, uh, you know, if he could get back to form that he was two years ago during the pandemic uh, in those 60 games, then I think um, he, he could find a place. Uh, but I think he's better served as somebody like a DH. But then if you do that, then that, that cuts you out uh, of, um, you know, who's going to play left field. I think that's the biggest question. I, the other biggest question is the starting rotation. I think those are the two big questions. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not worried about Von Grissom at short. I don't know that that's really a question mark, to be honest with you. Um, uh, yeah, but I'm not I think, I think the biggest question is left – you're right, is left field. I think left field – and the starting rotation right now, which wasn't supposed to be much of a question, but, you know, a couple of guys that, that are just kind of nursing some injuries, uh, you know, will Ian Anderson, you know, make a comeback, you know, things like that. But I, I think that the biggest question that you right is left field. Um, now, you do have Rosario, but you've also got um, Sam Hilliard and yeah. Eli White. Yeah. Um, right. I, right. I, I like those guys. Sam, yeah. yeah, Sam – Sam Hilliard was a guy that I heard that, um, you know, going to come in uh, with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, um, you know, just hasn't lived up to what potential that, uh, you know, he he has. And 
uh, maybe comes in with a chip on his shoulder and maybe takes that left field spot, which would be perfectly fine uh, with with me. Um, so, you know, you know, the Braves, it seems like over the last few years, have always been able to find uh, that uh, hidden gem, I guess, maybe. That mm-hmm. guy who's looking to uh, resurrect his career. You know, they've done that very well with pitchers. Uh, yeah. So, you know, looking for that one guy to resurrect his career. But, you know, but that left field position is wide open, I think. Uh, you know, I don't think they're going to just ob- absolutely give it over to Marcel Ozuna just because, you know, he's under contract. I think that's why they've got Sam Hilliard and maybe Eddie Rosario. And, you know, Eddie Rosario last year, um, you know, with that eye problem, uh, you know, didn't get off to a great start and really didn't have such a great year, to be honest with you. And you look at um, somebody like Ronald Acuna in the same way, uh, you know, he struggled getting off and didn't really have the great uh, Ronald Acuna year. So maybe that's a resurgent and maybe Rosario gets back to form like he did two years ago. So, uh, but it's wide open. They're not going to hand it right to Ozuna. And I'll be interested to see how that competition goes uh, for that position uh, because I, I think it's going to be a competition. I don't think it's, I don't think they're set. Uh, but, but if I had a question mark, that certainly would be the number one thing. You know, you mentioned the diamond and rough, the uh, hidden gem kind of aspect. Eddie Rosario is that hidden aspect. I mean, he was yeah not playing much for the, the Cleveland when the, the Braves got him, and look what he's done for Atlanta. Right, yeah. And, and, you know, you can even point two years ago with Ozuna during the pandemic, or three years ago, was it three years ago? Yeah, three years ago, what he did <laughs> with the pandemic. Um, you know, he'd had a great year, with had a good year with the Cardinals. Uh, you know, had some good years with the Marlins, um, but really had a resurgence in those 60 games and, and was outstanding and honestly probably could have been an MVP contention. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the, the fact that he, um, he – his, his defense, uh, you know, the outfield play, he doesn't have a great arm, uh, you know, the things like that are – are the struggles, but I don't know that anybody cares about that anymore. Uh, personally, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Braves, it's funny because the Braves are going to put out there what I think they can put out there potentially when you put, um, Sean Murphy behind the plate. Now they potentially could put a gold Glover at almost every position. You know, Vaughn Grissom hasn't played enough, uh, at shortstop, but they potentially could put a gold Glover at every position except left field and shortstop. Uh, mm-hmm. and I think you got to give, uh, you know, Vaughn Grissom a little bit of a chance to to spread his wings. You can't just go out there and say, well, we need you to play like Dansby. Nope, I don't expect him to play like Dansby. I want him to play like Vaughn Grissom. Uh, right. You know, I want him to play like the, the young kid. So, you know, potentially they, they have that, that out there. And even when Max Fried's on the mound, you got to go Glover at pitcher. So, um, yeah. you know, that's why I don't think many people are really thinking or are really counting on what gets in left field. Um, uh, because if it's not working, I think Alex Anthopoulos is going to go chasing after somebody. Uh, you know, we don't have it in the uh, minors anymore. You know, we got rid of Drew Waters. Uh, that was one. And, and so, um, you know, I, I think they're, they're, they're going to see how the spring training plays out. I think this is a big spring for Ozuna and, and uh, Hilliard and Rosario and those guys. And, and they're just looking for somebody who, if they have a good spring, uh, all of a sudden, they get a chance to play left field. You know, Harris, that's what Harris last year. You know, Harris came out and had a great spring. Uh, yeah. Really probably yeah, should have made the club club out of spring training. 
Um, and, and the only reason they sent him down was because they needed to get him some at-bats. Um, right. And so, uh, and then when they started having some injuries, uh, they decided let's bring him up, and all of a sudden he turned turned around and, and, and had a great year. So spring training, this is the time if I'm Ozuna and those guys, this is the time I got to excel. Uh, because I think if Ozuna doesn't excel coming out of spring training and doesn't show at least something, I think they're going to look at releasing or they're going to look at uh, he's going to not have much playing time, that's for sure. You mentioned uh, Sean Murphy earlier. I was listening to um, Dave O'Brien on his podcast this morning, 755 is real, and he's yeah. talking about um, his arm strength is incredible. His accuracy, the way yeah. he throws to every base yeah. is incredible. Well, it's funny how – yeah, go ahead. He's, you know, they haven't been picking runners off from catchers at first lately a lot, and he's. They they were talking about how good he is at that. Like he can, his pop time is really quick, similar yeah. to somebody that we talk about on this podcast a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that guy's in Oakland. You mean? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Sal Fasano yeah. was talking yeah. about, um, you know, Sean Murphy is the second best catcher he's ever seen at throwing out runners, and. Uh, you know who the, you know who the best one is. <clears throat> uh, yes, yes, I I, I, I get that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, you know, that's the the funny thing about this whole about this offseason. One of the you know the talk has been about that Sean Murphy trade um, mm-hmm. and how good of a trade that uh, that was. Uh, you know, the Braves catching wise, and we've talked about this before. Um, Catching-wise, have always been a struggle. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, they had Brian McCann for several years, uh, but was he your prototypical catcher? Uh, you know, he would have – Brian McCann, I think, would have fit in well in the 80s, uh, mm-hmm. being that big gap behind the plate. You know, the Braves um, – <clears throat> many – I got to go back many, many years, by the way, okay? So, please, this is what I do. <laughs> But I remember when the Braves signed Ozzy Virgil at catcher. Okay, mm-hmm. please, Ozzy Virgil Jr. at catcher. And I was thinking, oh yes, now we've got a catcher. Uh, you know, and 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 was it good? Yeah, it was okay. It wasn't great. Uh, and then along came, you know, a guy like Javier Lopez, mm-hmm. uh, a guy like Greg Olson, who was uh, a uh, you know guy that they uh, signed that was one of those um, sure hopes type stop signs, much like Sid Bream and Belliard, those guys. Um, so they signed, uh, you know, Greg Olson. Uh, then, you know, a guy like McCann comes along. You know, they had a guy like Bruce Benedict many, many years ago. Uh, and, and they've never really had that true catcher. They've traded the catchers away, to be honest with you, or the catchers haven't proven to, to you know, to play like catchers should. You know, Langoliers mm-hmm. may be the first catcher that might actually uh, have proven himself in the, in the majors. Um, well, so, Contreras so is up they, there. When, pardon? I'd say I would say Contreras is up there. Yeah, uh, William Contreras, I think, is going to be another one. Um, uh, you know, as far as defensively goes, uh, I don't know that we've had. You know, Darno. Um, I, I like Darno just because of the grit, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and the and the grind. Um, and I think last year uh, certainly. Uh, DHing and and playing catcher every couple of days there with Contreras. I think in the early to the middle part of the season that really helped, um, uh, especially 
you know, with a catcher at the end of the year, the catcher's the guy that's always tired uh, because they've caught a lot of games. And I think uh, Murphy this year being able to maybe not catch every single game, uh, you know, you may flip-flop. Uh, he, Murphy's going to play catcher, I think, a lot more than what they did with Contreras and Darno. Uh, but I think Murphy uh, being that defensive catcher, I think that's certainly going to help the pitchers, especially with some of the new rules you got this year as far as throwing over to first base and things like that. I think that's going to help the pitcher out. Uh, but I think defensively, uh, you know, when you got a guy that you know that's back there that can – um, that, that can save you, you know, the pass, pass balls, wild pitches, whatever. And you got a guy that you know that, and the pitcher can relax. A guy like Ian Anderson <clears throat> maybe um, be able to excel a little better because Anderson has a tendency to throw the ball short many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, that, and that might help even with Ian Anderson's confidence. But a good catcher back there certainly can help make a pitcher much better and certainly can help make an, even an infield much better as well, especially when he throws down to second base. You know, um, you know, second has always been, um, you know, uh, Ozzy Albies out there. You got a great defensive second baseman. Uh, you know, with Dansby, when Dansby was there, you had a great defensive shortstop. And certainly those guys can help save a catcher as well. But, um, you know, when the catcher's making great throws, it makes everybody look better. Are you, did you read my mental outline? Because you're basically following it. <laughs> no, but John, um, you know we've been doing this. We've been doing this for a year, uh, you know, a year. So it's you mm-hmm. know we and and we've been talking back and forth for the last few years. So uh, you know we 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 get to know each other. So <laughs> I think you know how my mind works. Yeah. Um, so what do you think of the new rules for pitchers specifically? Well, I think my only. The only one I don't particularly like is is throwing over to first base. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not a huge fan of that one because I think that they should be able to throw over to first base whenever they want. You just still need to put them on the clock. Uh, mm-hmm. And and I don't, you know, that's my only that's my only thing. You know, you get what three times over. If the third time you haven't, uh, if you haven't got them out then you know what a ball or bar or something that i don't know um i just i don't yeah i i just don't like that part of it that's my only thing Mm. but the pitch clock um you know part of the reason major league baseball games have gotten longer is because the commercial breaks have gotten longer yep Uh, so it's it's like um it's like nascar okay um, mm. I love NASCAR. You know that. We've talked about that before. Uh, a little disappointed at the Daytona 500 that my man Chase Elliott, who, by the way, is from the great state of Georgia, okay, is from <laughs> Dawsonville, Georgia, okay. I'm a little disappointed that my man, yeah, I'm a little disappointed that my man Chase didn't win on Sunday. But, so let me tell you how I watch the race. I usually don't get to watch it until like middle of the afternoon. So I don't watch it right when it comes on, okay. Mm-hmm. So, when they go to commercial break, they're still racing, uh, so it's fine. But usually I hit the button on my uh, direct TV remote that, that punches it 30 seconds ahead. So I hit that four times, so I go two minutes. It's a two-minute break, okay? Mm-hmm. That's how long their commercial breaks are. Sometimes it's two and a half. Uh, so Major League Baseball is, is about the same. 
uh, it's a little more than two minutes. And I know there's a two-minute clock in between innings. I get that. But that's not necessarily saying within that two-minute time span they're going to get started. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's three, four minutes. So if you cut that down and you can cut that part out and take out some of these commercial breaks, then the game of baseball would be a little bit shorter. Uh, right. and I think people would be happy. But for your hardcore baseball fans, I don't think anybody cares about the fact of going either going to a game or watching. I mean, I'm going to watch a game. Um, I, I don't – you know, the time limit doesn't bother me. Yeah, if you can cut it down, that's fine. But I think we're trying to tailor-make it for, you know, this new generation. And, and I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. But um, I, I, I just don't know if we need to mess with it that much. I don't mind the pitch clock. Uh, I, I, let's give it a shot. Let's see how it works. If it doesn't work, that's fine. They've been doing it in the minors. That's fine if it's been working. Um, but I, I think you need to start with your commercial breaks. Uh, mm. And let's cut down the commercial breaks. And let's actually start an inning. If we're going to feed this way, let's actually start an inning two minutes in between. Start the clock as soon as the inning's over. Get the pitcher out there. But, and, and two, have the umpire help with this as well. By getting the batter in the dang batter's box. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Because back in the – back, you know, what, five, six, seven years ago, they came up with a rule where the batter's only supposed to have one foot out of the batter's box. And if the un mm-hmm. deems that he doesn't get in there in time, he's pointing at the pitcher, let's go. So, mm-hmm. put this stepping out. Nomar Garcia-Para, one of the worst, at stepping <laughs> out, and he had to adjust his um, – his wristband, his gloves, his mm-hmm. gloves. He had to adjust his gloves, his wristbands. I mean, he had a pattern. Uh, it's what, um, you know, a, a doctor that Jackson has to go see. It's called ticks. It's what that's mm-hmm. called. And he had that of getting out. He'd step out, and he would adjust that three or four times, each one. And then he would finally get back in. Well, Mr. Ump, uh, I'd say, no more. You got one chance to do that. The next time he step out you got 10 seconds to get back in. If you're not mm-hmm. in that time frame, I'm going to point to the pitcher and he's going. Uh, right. That's the last warning you're going to get. So some of that would help out as well. Uh, and, and forget the robo-ump, if we're going to have a robo-ump. Forget that. You know, the ump's never going to be able to – the robo-ump, what's he going to – is he going to be able to tell the batter to get in the batter's box? You know, no. whatever, whatever. No, he's not going to be able to do that. So – that's the part I think that could help. You get your commercial breaks cut down and have the ump. You know, in the NFL, in the preseason, what do, they, what do people always complain about? It's always that emphasis that they put on certain things, like holding or, or, um, or pass interference or, you know, they, this, 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 and this. They always emphasize that during spring training, and then it settles moving down. Moving screens in basketball. <clears throat> every, by the way, every screen is a moving screen. Um, so <laughs> before, but but what gets me is they have all this emphasis, emphasis, and then they kind of relax it a little bit as the season begins. Maybe that's mm-hmm. because they're getting used to it and adjusted to it. Well, during the um, during spring training, the umpire should be saying, "Here it is, one foot out of the batter's box. You take two steps out of the batter's box. I'm going to tell the pitcher to go." So you better mm-hmm. have one foot out and you better get back in. You got five seconds to look down there because the ump, the coach is probably already calling the play and you're adjusting too much stuff. And first of all, we're wearing too much stuff anyway to begin with. Get back in there and let's go. That's where mm-hmm. I think it should be. So anyway, but what do, John, what do we know? I've said that before too. So, right? 
here's here's my thing with the pitch clock. I, I was listening again, shout out David O'Brien. I was listening to their podcast and like they were talking about the a few of the pitchers for the Braves were struggling with the fifteen it's fifteen seconds. Um they were struggling to get in get used to it. Um I would say twenty, twenty five seconds is good. I, I would move it back from fifteen. Um yeah. because first of all, you know, the pitch climb issue that's that technology always might malfunction and seeing the signs from the catcher could get difficult to see that quickly so that's that's i would go um but it goes back to the catcher you have you've got two great catchers who can you know help your pitcher out with what's going on in murphy and darno back there so and i think i think that's going to be a learning curve too is learning murphy um you know, not everybody's using pitchcom for one, mm-hmm. um, and we saw it last year mess up some. Um, so not everybody's using that, um, and and you're right. And and yeah, you know, oddly enough, I was when I was pitching, um, there were as I got older, and I should have been wearing my glasses more, I guess. Um, I you know you have difficulty seeing uh, the signs. Uh, and, you know, we didn't have a, a difficult set of signs to begin with. Um, and so, um, you know, but you had trouble. So I had a catcher once. He would use his, his um, uh, knee pads, in which you've seen catchers do that. Uh, I had mm-hmm. a catcher once that said, I don't care what you throw, just throw it up here. You know, just something like that. So, um, you know, it, it is a difficult thing uh, to be able to see. Uh, I wouldn't have trouble moving that back to 20 seconds. Um I would hope that when the batter's out of the batter's box, if I'm the pitcher, I'm on the rubber, I'm looking in, I'm getting my sign. So as soon as that batter steps in the batter's box, I'm throwing. Because here's right. what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen now. You've got a pitcher that's on a roll, let's say. Um, what's the normal tendency when that guy's on a roll and he seems to be throwing the ball and he seems to be getting it up there quick, he seems to be stepping on the rubber and he seems to be throwing. What a batter's going to start doing, stepping out because right. they're trying to slow you down. They're trying to get you out of rhythm. But with the pitch clock, the batters aren't going to be able to do that anymore mm-hmm. uh, because that pitch clock's going to keep going, okay? And so, in a sense, it's supposed to help speed that batter up too as well because the pitcher throws at that. If you're not in the batter's box in 15 seconds, you're the batter. The pitcher's going to throw it, right? you know, because the batter's supposed to be in the batter's box too. So, um, you know, all these young guys that are coming up from the minors, certainly are going to be able to – they're going to – it's really going to benefit them because they're already going to have participated in it. But, uh, you know, I don't know. It's one of those where, um, you know, maybe we should have tried it out in a major league – a couple of major league games before just to see mm-hmm. if it, how it was going to work. Um, but, uh, you know, they've got all spring training. They've got a full spring training to get this down. Uh, you know, last year with the, the strike season, we didn't have – uh, that that full spring training, uh, so they've got a full spring training to figure it out, and uh, let's hope they haven't uh, gotten themselves out of too much of a groove to get it figured out. Speaking of pitchers, um, you, we talked about the rotation. You know, you're going to have Max Freed, you're going to have Charlie Morton, you're going to have um, your Bryce Elder, Spencer Schrader. Yeah. Now, yeah. I've heard Ian Anderson has been and um, he has figured out a new pitch. Now you're reading my mind, son. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, I'm I'm just sitting here looking at this. He's got a slider. 
mm-hmm. which which is and I've true. heard it's devastating. Uh, yeah, you know, I bet I I always had high hopes for Ian Anderson. I thought mm-hmm. he, he, I thought last year his whole struggle. And again, this is my struggle with Ian Anderson. Okay, throws too many pitches. Mm-hmm. Um, he could go o two on a batter, and all of a sudden it's three uh, two. Mm-hmm. You know. He bounces pitches up there. I think one game I was going to try to sit down and watch that he pitched. I was going to try to figure out how many times he bounced a pitch up there. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, that's my biggest thing. And I think Ian, mentally-wise, has got to learn, if I'm 0-2, quit playing around. I've got to go get the batter. I don't have to waste a pitch. i got to throw a strike. Or i got to do mm-hmm. something at least around around the plate and quit the whole – you know, bouncing it up there or throwing it high, trying to make the guy chase or whatever. I think that's got to be my thing. I think he has a role. I think your starting rotation, because I think your starting rotation, Kyle Reitzman, uh, he's going to miss, uh, you know, his his first uh, his start. Uh, Kobe, All- Kobe Allard is going to get the first start of the season, by the way. Uh, so Kyle Wright's going to miss his because oh. um, he's, uh, you know, got – uh, a little bit of an arm issue, but it said it, it's nothing much. He's going to be throwing a, a bullpen session, I think, uh, today. So, uh, you know, you're going to go with Max Freed. You're going to go with Kyle Wright. You're going to go with Spencer Strider. Those, those three guys right there, you're going to go with Charlie Morton because they've re-signed him. So it's that mm-hmm. fifth spot, maybe even a sixth spot, to be honest with you. So it's that I, fifth I would spot. Go yeah. Uh, so you've got Soroka. you got Mike Soroka, who I think is going to be one of those guys that's probably not going to make the rotation out of spring training. He may be mm-hmm. a guy that still may have to go down and get some minor league starts just to get it back together. Cause he's had, you know, he's already had a little bit of an injury uh, coming into the, coming into spring training. Uh, so Ian Anderson could be that guy that could fill in and even hold on to that spot. You know, Charlie Morton's not going to be there forever. Okay. Uh, right. This, Probably, you know, they re-sign him another year. This probably will be it for him. Uh, if he struggles a little bit like he did last year, that might be one they move on out of the rotation. So I think, you know, and you've got a guy like Bryce Elder waiting in the wings who really pitched well down the stretch last year. Yes. Uh, probably deserves, uh, definitely deserves a shot to make this rotation. Uh, you know, they do have some wiggle room. If by chance uh, left field's not working out, they could use one of these guys as trade potential to get somebody mm-hmm. to play left field. Uh, that's kind of why you hope that a guy like Sam Hilliard works out or, or even Ozuna works out. If Ozuna could get back again uh, to where he was a couple of years ago, then that left field spot just becomes a whole lot easier. So, you know, it's a good problem to have because if you're somebody like – the Cardinals, who's trying to figure out their rotation and never really have had five solid guys, well, we got five solid guys, maybe even six solid guys, to be in a rotation. Um, yep. So I, I think, you know, that's a benefit. But I do believe there's still question marks. I think that's the other part of this uh, season, you know, coming in is the question mark of the of the starting rotation. But I, you know, you're going to start with, you know, if Kyle Wright is, is uh, you know going to be feeling okay? You're going to start with Freed, Wright, and Spencer Strider, three guys that mm-hmm. had outstanding years last year. Charlie Morton, um, 
I think, you know, last year was one of those, he's coming off that broken leg. Uh, he really struggled with some things, but he got stronger as the year went on. Uh, and so, I, you know, right now I think you got a fifth and a sixth spot that could be open, and uh, I think it's going to be a good battle. And if somebody falters like Kyle Wright, who needs a little bit of time off, uh, then you got guys that can fill in, and you'd still be okay. Um, did you hear uh, Spencer Strider um, in a club ge- or a, in a squad game the other day against Acuna? No, uh-uh. Stuck him out on three pitches. <laughs> See, and that's well, you can do that. that. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. You know, of course, he changes numbers. Uh, he went to 99, and you know why that is, because – um, you know, wild thing off off a major league. Uh, oh, okay. So he he went to 99, which I think's great. I think that's funny. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. so when he comes out wearing glasses like you know Charlie Sheen did in the movie, that'd be even more funny. But he's got the mustache. <laughs> so that's, that's the thing, you know. So um, and personally, maybe he should walk out with a a cowboy hat too, right when he comes out of the bullpen, or if yes. he ever has to come out of the bullpen, you know, he walks out with a cowboy hat. Or even yes. when he walks out there to start the game, he walks out there with one. I think that'd be funny too, because I think we we've gotten a little uppity in Major League Baseball, to be honest with you, where we don't uh, want anybody doing anything, you know, off the books. So I think that would be funny. But um, you know, Strider is is certainly uh, a guy that uh, you know he's a guy that would take you one, two, three, and wouldn't mm-hmm. have any problems with it. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and not have to worry about wasting any pitches. Uh, and I, I think that's, that's good. I, I do, in, in, my, in my assessment of Strider, um, he, had a, you know, he had a year where he started in the bullpen, and then he, then he, then he got to the rotation. Um, mm-hmm. This is going to be kind of that year where um, he's going to be still learning how, not how to pitch, he's just going to be learning how he needs to pitch. You know, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's still one of those guys that, you know, he gets around that 100 pitch mark. Uh, you know, you got you to gotta watch him. He gets to that 90 pitch mark, you still got to watch. But he's certainly exciting. And, and that could be a guy that might need might, – you might find him needing time off during the, during the season. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, but, but you got somebody to fill in. So, I, I, I think knowing that there are guys that can fill in maybe even make uh, this pitching staff feel even better uh, just because they know they don't have to go out there and pitch hurt uh, because mm-hmm. they've got guys they can bring up to pitch. If you had to put out your start, your opening day lineup right now, who oh. would you, who would you okay, have as your opening? So, well, as far as who's going to start the first game, mm-hmm. as far are we talking about the whole lineup? Yeah. Well, um, I think, of course, you're going to have Murphy behind the plate. Uh, you're going to have um, you, you're going to have uh, first base uh, that Olsen guy. Uh, you're mm-hmm. going to have second base. You're going to have Ozzy. You're going to have Von Grissom at short. Uh, you're going to have Riley at, at third. Uh, you're going to have Harrison center, Acuna in right, and then I, left field. I, I I just get a sneaking suspicion they're going to start Ozuna in left field. That was why I asked the question. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just think that's going to happen. Um, and again, of course, we're talking about, you know, spring training is just beginning, or, or actually games mm-hmm. are just beginning. Okay. Uh, so, 
boy, you just never know who's going to excel. And that, that could change. So you're asking me, uh, obviously, preseason. Uh, but I think on the mound, I think Max Fried will get the start on the mound. And mm-hmm. that's what I think the nine guys will be. DH, I think they'll still uh, go back to Darno at DH. Uh, and I think those two will flip-flop at DH. Uh, Murphy and, and Darno, with Murphy getting the majority of the catching. Uh, but Darno mm-hmm. being that guy that's, you know, going to catch the fifth starter or going to catch, you know, going to catch day four, day five, something like that, maybe to give Murphy the time off. But that's mine. What about what about yours? What do you have in mind? Mine is the same except for left. I'm going to go Rosario. Okay. Well, and, and again, that may all depend on who's pitching that day. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, who are they? Who's going to pitch for the other team? Uh, you mm-hmm. know, if there's a righty pitching, then I think you're going to see Rosario in left because uh, he's left-handed bat. Uh, mm-hmm. If there's, um, you know, if there's a, a left-hander pitching, then I think you're going to see Ozuna. So, yeah, I, you know, I think that's situational, uh, you know, what they call that. And I think those two will flip-flop. If that's the, if that's the two we're going to settle on, I think as far as, you know, what Brian Snitker comes out of spring training with, then I think those two are going to flip-flop again. Uh, so, and, and I'm okay with that, uh, as long as they have the year like they had, you know, the last two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, but I, I don't know. It, it's an interesting, it's, it's interesting. You know, what I don't know yet is what's the lineup going to be? Who, mm-hmm. Who's batting? Ooh, lead off, that's a better you know, question. Acuna, yeah, Acuna is going to bat lead off. Uh, I hope, this is just my hope, that Von Grissom bats last uh, because I think Harris did well in that spot. I think the temptation is going to be to move Michael Harris up to that second spot um, because that's where Dansby was and and Dansby excelled. Mm -hmm. But Snitker, you know, switched that lineup quite a bit before finally settling with Dansby in that second spot. You know, Ozzy's batted second before, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so – so I think the temptation is going to be to move Harris up to that second spot. But for me, there's no temptation. I would keep him right back down where he was because I think that takes the pressure off. And I would go with some combination of Acuna, um, maybe Ozzy, maybe Eddie Rosario in that second spot. And then, of course, obviously Austin Riley, Matt Olson, um, you know, on and on and on down the line. Uh, Sean Murphy, uh, you know, you know, wherever <laughs> we go. But I, my temp, my, my, First statement right now would be to keep Harris and and Grissom down in the bottom part of the order because of how dangerous they were when they were down at the bottom part of the order. Yeah, I agree. I'm gonna go. This is this this is like the way too early top twenty five kind of thing. This for is the way too early. Yes, but every hey, look, everybody does it even after yep. even after the college season. You know, even when college season starts, we're already figuring out who's going to be drafted next college season. Yep. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, yeah, you're you're okay with it. Yeah. So I'm gonna go Acuna, Ozzy, Riley, Olson. Uh, that's four. I'm gonna Murphy. skip a minute. I'm gonna, yeah, Murphy. I'm gonna go to the bottom and go Grissom at eight, Harris at nine. So okay. So I need six, seven. Six and yeah, seven. So, so in the middle, in the middle, you need um, a um, you need uh, sh- uh, well, you need 
Uh, left Rosario field. at seven. Rosario at seven, uh, seven. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I think you got it. So, yeah. Acuna, Ozzy, um, Olsen. Are you going to do Riley or Olsen in third? I went Riley in third. And, okay. and Matt Olsen batting cleanup. Okay. Then you've got Murphy at five. Yeah. Um, what am I missing? Who are we lacking? Yeah. Uh, we got to have a DH. Oh, DH. Yeah. DH. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Either o- Ozuna or uh, Darno. Yeah. And then you've okay. got Rosario yeah. in the left. Yeah. Uh, Grissom at eight. Yeah. And then Harris, Harris at nine. That was, yeah. I like that. Yeah, and, 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 you know, keeping those two guys at the bottom of the order, um, mm-hmm. you know, boy, did they excel at the bottom of the order uh, last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think you take um, you take any um, – well, you know, they always say if you're struggling, you're on your struggle bus, you know. Mm-hmm. I think you take any of that out, and, and any major league manager will tell you, and I tried to convey this to my kids when I was coaching, and I tried to convey this to my son when he was playing and all this. Look, it doesn't it, – it's not a demotion if you're not batting leadoff or second or third or whatever. If you're batting seven, eight, or nine, it's not a demotion. Um, mm-hmm. the, the reason that you're there is because you're my <clears throat> my second leadoff guy, you know. Right. Um, I had a kid when I was coaching – I may have told this before. I had a kid when I was coaching, and he wasn't – a tall kid. This is one of my last year's coaching, but he was a mighty fast kid. He was quick. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, he was a walking triple. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what he was. And I told him in the beginning of the year, I said, man, I said, you're not too big. I said, your strike zone's really small. I said, crafts down a little bit. I said, that way it makes it even smaller. He used to get on base and, and um, he, he had a, ended up having a, a great year, but if he got on base, he, he'd steal second. He'd still third, and all of a sudden, I'd find him right there standing next to me in two pitches, you know. Mm-hmm. And But he batted at the bottom of the order. And I put my – and at the time, my son was having a great year, too. I put my best three guys um, – bat- I had one guy batting leadoff. Uh, mm-hmm. And then my next best guys were two, three, and four, okay. We scored runs, especially when mm-hmm. that guy at the bottom of the order could get on base. I got an extra run in, you know. Right. So – but he was fast, and I think that's what Harris provided for them last year. And then, you know, when Acuna finally got going, all of a sudden you got a guy in the ninth place who, you know, doesn't make it easy for the pitcher, okay, mm-hmm. because you've got that kind of guy, even a left-handed pitcher. It didn't matter if it's lefty or righty, uh, you know. So he could hit and get on base. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think that's going to be – something that could be beneficial to keep those guys down there because then, you know, if they are struggling, hey, they're batting eight to nine. You know, that's that's where those guys go to – if they're struggling, that's where they're batting. Uh, you know, Ozzy at times bats second. But then when he's struggling, mm-hmm. he's batting six or seven. Uh, but that's no offense to Ozzy. That's just trying to get the groove back. Uh, right. So, so I, I – you know, keeping those guys down there. But I think the, the um, tendency – and, and, you know, I think the thing that they're going to think of, the temptation is going to be, let's move those guys up in the order. No, let's don't. Uh, look at your success last year. Uh, look what kind of year he had. 
uh, and I think it just makes it even tougher on the opposing pitcher when you got a guy down like Michael Harris, um, yes, who can hit over 300, uh, who can uh, hit you know home runs, who can do lots of other things. Uh, I think that is 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 a huge asset down there. You know, and too defensively, and I talked we talked about it before how they could put um, you know with Max Fried out there pitching, you could almost put. Uh, seven guys out there that are gold. You put seven guys out there that are gold glovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, that helps as a pitcher too as well. Vaughn Grissom's yeah. going to make his mistakes at shortstop. He is not Dansby Swanson. My expectations for Vaughn Grissom are play me a decent shortstop. Uh, yes, is he going to make mistakes? He sure is. He's going to be a he's a rookie. He got some time last year, which I think is going to help. I think the big boys in the major, at, you know, on the major league team are going to help him out. Uh, he mm-hmm. does not have to. He does not have to be the number one star on the team. As a matter of fact, he's probably more like the seventh or eighth guy on the team, and that should be mm-hmm. good and relaxing for him. But working out with Ron Washington this this winter uh, for you know October, I think November, December, they worked out together for a solid week uh, each of those months. I think that's helped, and Ron Washington. It's very high on Von Grissom, and if if, Von, if Ron Washington's high on on you, then that for me is a good enough a statement. Plus. Yeah, that I will I trust uh, Von Grissom to play short. Definitely. Yeah. Um. Uh, my brain just froze. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, um. It's it's warm. That's why you're not used to that, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's warm. It's yeah. Uh, um, yep. we're out of, I'm out of practice for this podcast thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we haven't done enough of them, right? No, we need to do more. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. So, over that. what would your starting rotation be as of right now? As of right now, my starting rotation would be, well, it all depends on how Soroka's health is. Well, let's take that mm-hmm. out. Uh, I think my starting rotation right now would probably be Max Free, Kyle Wright, Spencer Strider, Charlie Morton, and then some combination of Ian Anderson, Mike Soroka, uh, and maybe even a guy like Bryce Elder, depending on what kind of spring he has. Nice. That would be that would be my combination of of the you know rotation. But I think those four are pretty solidly solidly set. Uh, mm-hmm. And if there is a setback from any one of those to where somebody has to stick around for a uh, spring training, uh, an additional spring training, um, I, I don't. And again, here's the other thing. If you do have to stick around for an extended spring training, don't rush because we got guys that can pitch. Uh, yeah. Get healed. Get healed properly. Don't try to rush and come back. Um, you know, guy like Max Freed, I think this year is probably going to, um, you know, this is a contract year for Max Freed. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with not having him signed because I don't want to go through another uh, oh, yeah. year end of where we have to worry about Freddie Freeman and now Dansby Swanson leaving. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to lose Max Freed um, because – I think he is – if he gets to that free agent market, I think he's going to command numbers like mm. somebody 
like a Jacob DeGrom, not maybe as good at – I mean, you look at his numbers, they're as good as DeGrom's. You know, there mm-hmm. are people out there that are looking for starting pitching, looking to have that number one guy. And Max oh, yeah. Freed is a number one guy. So, you know, this contract year, I'm, I'm a little worried on that end uh, because mm-hmm. I do like Max Freed. Um, and so – uh, I, I hope we get him wrapped up. If we don't, then I think he's going to hit the free agent market and probably going to be able to command numbers like what Jacob DeGrom, uh, Max Scherzer, maybe not that much, but somewhere in that neighborhood because of the years that he's had. And especially if he has a good enough year this year, uh, I, I think that's, you know, you're going to get numbers like that for, for Max Free somewhere else, by the way. Yeah. But I've also always said there are times that the grass is not always greener on the other side, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, be going to the Cubs. Uh, you know, Freddie, everybody thought, you know, Freddie had a great year, but everybody thought the Dodgers were going to be the ones to just jump right out there and be the World Series champs. You know, the Dodgers have gone through a lot of changes this year Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of guys left Um, you know yeah they've still got a good core of players back but they are certainly not the Dodgers and if you look at their division okay I mean let's face it their division's not any easier and that Padre bunch down you know just south of LA an hour and a half an hour and a half or so south of LA that Padre bunch um, spent (laughs) some money uh, mm-hmm. And they're going to be the ones, I think, that have to be right now the odds-on favorite to win that, that uh, Western division. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and if they, if they don't, then you just put together a whale of a team, and all of a sudden it's, it's, all, it's, it's for nothing. You know, Machado, I think, has said that uh, he gets an opt-out in his contract. He said he's opting out. Um, so that, that's interesting. Uh, you know, if he opts out and decides not to re-sign, I think they will pop in the money for Juan Soto. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, already Tatis, when he comes back, they're going to try him out in right field because they got Bogarts to play short. So, uh, you know, they're, I think, going to be a, a, a pretty good team to be reckoned with. Um, and, you know, they're young, they're hungry, uh, you know, just like the Braves are too. Uh, so, I, you know, uh, Phillies have has somewhat gotten better with Trey Turner. Uh, the 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 Eastern Division uh, is is not going to be any easier. Uh, you know the Mets are going to be the Mets again. Uh, so uh, you know it's 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 tough. I think the Eastern Division to me, if I were to to were were to to put where I would want to be, I would not want to be in the Eastern Division. I would not want to be in the Western Division. Give me the Central Division uh, because. That that not the easiest, but it is relatively easy um, because uh, you know there's just a couple of teams in that central division that are going to be fighting it out. I think one of them, particularly, going to be the Cardinals still. Um, so, uh, but it, it's going to be tough. And and Freddie going to the Dodgers, uh, you know, their division just gets tougher. You know, then you look mm-hmm. at Dansby going to the central division and the Cubs. The Cubs have always been the perennial losers. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So, where are the Cubs going to be as opposed to the Braves? Uh, so, 
you know, sometimes getting that money doesn't necessarily mean you got a good team behind you. Uh, and I think both those guys leaving uh, found out that they don't necessarily have the great teams behind them like they had in Atlanta. And I think this year especially going to be that now with Sean Murphy that the Braves are just getting better. Um, and where are the Cubs going to be this year? So I, I honestly think that was a more of a move before his, for his marriage over anyway. And it might have been, and, and my son has said that too as well, because uh, that's, I believe, where his wife plays soccer. And that's fine. If that's what it is, I, you know, I got no problem with that. Um, you know, if it's a, if it's a money grab, you know, if he's going to get the money, uh, okay. I, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. If you're going to try to win a championship, not the place to go. Uh, no. you know, Atlanta would have been the place to stay to try to win a championship. Uh, so anyway, I was just thinking about that, um, the other day and I was thinking, you know, Take, for instance, a guy like Jalen Hurts, who's getting ready to probably re-sign to a pretty good deal. A guy like mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, who's getting ready to sign probably for more than what Jalen Hurts is going to get. What happens mm-hmm. if somebody comes up and these agents would never let you do that, although Lamar Jackson's his own agent, so he can do whatever he wants. Okay, oh, really? mother's the one. Yeah, his mother's the one that's taking care of all the stuff. I believe she's an attorney. Uh, so – uh, I think, don't hold me to that, but, but she's the one doing all the legal stuff for him. Okay, so he's his own agent. So he can do whatever he wants. Uh, there have been <laughs> a couple other guys in the NFL that have done that. So so he doesn't have an agent, which is a plus and a minus. He doesn't have an agent in his ear saying, you need to take this $35 million or this $40 million or this $45 million. Mm-hmm. You need to get all, get all the money you can get because that agent gets that money too. Uh, right. Predominantly, Major League Baseball has been the same way. They have always been, get that money. You know, Players Association has always been, get that money. Well, what happens mm-hmm. if a guy like Lamar Jackson signs for $20 million a year? And then the, if they signs with the, back with the Ravens, well, then the Ravens can sign other players around him and make themselves a much better team. It's like Philadelphia right now. Philadelphia mm-hmm. with Jalen Hurts, uh, if they sign Jalen Hurts to a team-friendly contract and they're able to keep all these guys, well, they have almost guaranteed themselves maybe a trip back to the Super Bowl. To hope not, because that means the Cowboys wouldn't be there. But I was about to bring that up. I was like, does talking about Jalen Hurts hurt your feelings a little bit? Yeah, it does. Um, so, <laughs> but that's, but that's, you know, but that's the nature of the NFL, and that's the same way with Major League Baseball. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the Braves locking up all these players uh, for as long as they have. It's because that's team friendly. Um, mm-hmm. I like Bryce Harper only signed. For $25 million, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, I think he's deferred some of that money as well, which is exactly what I would do. I would do the Bobby Bonilla deal. That would be fantastic to get that that string of money every single year, you know? Did you see so, Steve Cohen so, is making that a holiday? Uh, he should. Uh, I think it's <laughs> funny that they can they can do that. Uh, but, but you know what? That's, you know, Bobby Bonilla, you know, smart guy. Got all that money deferred, so... Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of what I would do, and I think Bryce Harper's done the same way. But Harper's only making $25 million a year. And oh, by the way, when A-Rod signed that big contract with the Rangers, that's what he was making, $25 mm-hmm. million a year. And how long goes that been, okay? That's been a long time ago, long yeah. time ago. Um, and so even when he signed with the Yankees, it's like $28, 29000000 or something like that. So that's how long ago that's been. 
But, mm-hmm. but you know, a lot of these guys don't realize, and especially in the NFL, when you sign that $50 million a year contract, and Aaron Rodgers is one of those. He's a victim of his own um, head. He's a victim of his own ego. I want the money. Give me $50 million a year, which is what he's getting. How do you go to a darkness retreat and not know that you're going to play again the next year when you know you're going to get $50 million? Okay? So I'm coming back to play, but a lot of these guys are a victim of their own egos. They get the money, and then they complain they don't have the guys around them to play. Well, there's a reason, because it's you taking up all the money. And a guy like right. Bryce Harper, you know, just taking $25 million with a team-friendly contract, they can go out and sign a guy like Trey Turner or right. or somebody else or somebody else or somebody else. You know, so that's, you know, that's, you know, he didn't go out and grab all the money, and I respect him for that. I'm not a huge Bryce Harper fan, but I at least respected him on that end. Now, granted, he's getting some of that money deferred, I think, still. But you know what? Good for them. They worked that deal out. You know, did, good for them. So, did Trey Turner and Bryce Harper play together in uh, in DC, or was Trey Turner? After? Uh, yes, they did. Yes, yeah, I could, they I did, did. Uh, for a few years. Sense. Yep, yep. So, anyway, that's that's just my, you know. But I, I worry that Max Freed not having him sign that, you know, he's when he hits that open market as a pitcher, there's going to mm-hmm. be people knocking down the door trying to get to him. Yeah. So I've got one more fun question, and then I guess we can wrap it up, unless you've got something else to bring up. Um, Go ahead. Ask me. Division, if you had to predict the division standings at the end of the season right now, who wins the division? Who's second, third, fourth, fifth? So are we going just in the Braves division? Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll go with that for this week, and then the next time we record, we'll go to another division. Okay, so – so if I had a divisional winner right now, I still got to go with the team that won it last year. I still got to go with the Braves until somebody knocks them off. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're going to have, you know, the Phillies are going to be right there. Um, you know, making the World Series, as you well know, it's always tougher to get back there mm-hmm. than, than when you hadn't been there in a long time. Um and apparently it's really tough on the Cowboys. They haven't been there in 30 years for the Super Bowl. But <laughs> that's another topic that we can talk about uh, in some other podcasts of which we don't have. But as you well know, being able to go back-to-back to the World Series is tough. It's mm-hmm. very tough because there's a lot of expectations on you. And you know Philly fans, they're high expectations. And Philly no, fans no, you, a- you, you don't say. They're the nicest, calmest people I've ever known. <laughs> That is furthest from the truth that I've heard today. Uh, so, uh, and I joke that I'm a salesman and I'm in politics too. So um, anyway, I, I think that the Phillies are going to have their, their, those expectations to get back to the World Series. Yes, they signed Trey Turner. Okay, I get that. Who's going to pitch? That's the other thing. Uh, all those things. So um I do think it's going to be tough for them to get back to World Series. I still think the Braves are going to be in that top spot. Uh, I still think the Phillies are going to come in second and the Mets are going to come in third. Um, I know there may be Mets fans out there listening. Sorry, the Mets are going to come in third. Yes, we signed Justin Verlander. Yay, we did it. We signed another pitcher, but you lost Jacob deGrom. Uh, So that kind of the heart and soul, and you signed a – 
guy who's about to turn 500 years old, or you could have signed a guy, you know, in, in his, in, in, in that 30 piece, you know? So, um, so, so yeah, that's the way I think it's going to go. Everybody else after that, you know, you can figure that up. The Marlins, uh, the nationals, uh, things like that. So, um, so that's, that's who wins the bo- who, who does win the bottom of the division? Uh, who wins those? The division? I'm going to go the Marlins win the bottom of the division. So they're they're in four, they're in fourth place and the Nationals will be in fifth place. I I, yeah. I couldn't I, I actually I agree again with you on this one. I I think the Mets are going to mess it up again like they always yeah. do. Yeah. So the Phillies yeah. get second. Yeah, and and what happens, you know, and they dealt with this before. DeGrom is that guy who's always had injuries and so they, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, they got a guy like Scherzer. Okay, good. That's number one. That's great. But he's also had a tendency to be hurt as well. Um, mm-hmm. So then you turn around and you sign Justin Verlander. Okay. Uh, let's think about how many Tommy John surgeries has Verlander had? Two. Yo. Okay. Two is he's had. Uh, so you should say his arm has been rebuilt. It's bionic by now probably. Uh, <laughs> and it should be should be in good shape, but he's had yeah. a history of injuries as well. Um, he's had a history of injuries. So I think that, uh, you know, the Braves, I believe, quite honestly, with that pitching rotation, they've got guys that can fill in if needed. Uh, and so um, pitching, I think, is the one thing that at the start of the season uh, to the end of the season, I think the pitching and having a good rotation is going to kick in about the middle of July. Um, by the middle of July, that's where the pitching is going to get stronger. If you look at how the Braves were, uh, you know, they were so up and down, but pitching was what did it in. That's what did in the Phillies last year. I mean, not the Phillies, mm-hmm. the Mets, pitching. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, that last three-game series with the Mets, um, DeGrom, Scherzer couldn't throw the ball over the plate. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was like they were throwing beach balls up there, and the Braves were killing it. You know? Right. And the Braves pitchers came out and turned it around and and turned it around on the Mets, and they were lights out. So, you know, that middle July uh, is when the pitching is really going to take effect, I think. Uh, and this early part of the season, it's built for hitters. Uh, but it, towards the end, it's built for pitching, basically. Yep. Um. Are you going to be able to watch any spring training games this year? Do they have uh, on TV or anything? I, I, they, they do have them on TV. Um, I am going to – I probably listen to more spring training games than I watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that Saturday and Sunday, you know, being at being home, I'll, I'll get a chance to watch some. But I probably listen to more uh, than I watch. Just because I'm in my car, you know, that, those games are, you know, during the day. And so, I'll get mm-hmm. a chance to listen to them. Uh, on the radio, which is a which is a good thing. So yeah. What what is y'all's radio station for the Braves up there? Uh, well, I listen to them on XM. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, okay. they have them on on satellite radio. Uh, there that used to sense. be a station. Uh, what when I really caught on listening, uh, at least before I before XM had you know like the Major League Baseball package or whatever. Uh, there was mm-hmm. a station out of uh, it's it's close. It's it's out either Dyersburg or something that carried the Braves. Uh, okay. and so there were many places in town that I could get it, but if I drove out a few places, I couldn't get them, uh, which mm-hmm. would frustrate the heck out of me. So I could listen to games on that station, but they don't do it anymore. Uh, ah. so 
but I can get them on, on XM Satellite Radio. And plus, I've got the app, uh, so I can listen on the app as well. Yeah. So yeah. I heard that you're going to be able to watch minor league baseball on if you have the MLB TV subscription now. Yes. Uh, you know, my baseball watching uh, has mostly been from the direct TV side of things um, wow. and the Major League Baseball package that they have. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I picked up DirecTV is because I could watch baseball games on DirecTV. Um, you know, this Bally Sports uh, going bankrupt, um, and, and, and that concerns a lot of teams, and that concerns Major League Baseball as well. Really? That concerns me, yes. So I'm, I'm uncertain as far as what, what they're going to be able to do. Major League Baseball said they would jump in and help out on that side of things. So – so them going bankrupt really concerns me as far as what's going to happen with the Major League Baseball package. So I may be looking for other things to and that MLB pack, MLB TV that uh, watching it streaming I've heard is a uh, is a good way to do it too. Uh, so that may be and it's plus it's, it's got to be cheaper than what Directv charges me by the way. Uh, so that is something that I'm that I that I'm going to look at maybe this year. Uh, lady that I work with, she has it. You know, you can go back and watch the games anytime you want, things mm-hmm. like that. So, so that's a good thing too. So, so I don't know, but right now that's that's mainly my my set of of, of games. Now, Major League Baseball, uh, the the TV channel that's on Directv, uh, you know, they'll have minor league games on sometimes, or, or they'll have excuse me, they'll have spring training games on sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I would love to be able to watch minor league games. I think that would be fun. I think those are those are uh, a fun set to be able to see some of those guys that the Braves have down in the minor league system, uh, because the only time you ever get to see them is if you ever go to a game, which you go to a lot of games, um, or if you're uh, you know see them in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Bally, this will affect a lot of teams. It'll, I mean, not just major league. I mean, it'll, it'll face like yeah. it'll affect like the Grizzlies and stuff because they're on Bally. Yeah, I, I I think it's going to hit Major League Baseball a whole lot more than what uh, NBA uh, is going to be hit with that revenue mm-hmm. because uh, – but there are a lot of teams that are Bally sports teams because mm-hmm. Bally bought out um, the Fox. When, when Disney bought Fox, uh, mm-hmm. Bally bought out the Fox, you know, the Fox Sports South, the Fox Ohio, the Fox Midwest, you know, so – so the Cardinals are certainly affected. I think the Reds are affected. I think the Braves, uh, and the list goes on and on of those with Valley Sports. But there's several, several teams that are having to deal with this bankruptcy issue that Valley Sports has caused. It, it even affects Murray State because they're in the a lot of the MVC games are on uh, Midwest as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's it's huge, um, and and I. You know, Major League Baseball stepped up and said already that they would help with some of this revenue trying to come up. They've already got a, a committee together to try to figure out uh, if, you know, this or that is not allowed to happen. This certainly, for me, um, what this certainly kind of pushes to the fore- forefront is this blackout issue that Major League Baseball has. Mm-hmm. Um, so quit the blackout, shut the blackout off, and just open it up. To whoever and whatever, and that I think would make it a whole lot easier as well. And I think that's one of the issues that has certainly been out there the last few years. And with this Valley Sports issue, that may be an issue 
that they finally get rid of. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Well, man, we've been going for a little bit. Um, you got anything you want to add to this before we get out of here? No, no, it's 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 good stuff. And uh, John, I know we'll be talking over the next uh, you know month or so uh, with baseball. So I'm looking forward to you know the season beginning. Uh, spring training getting underway and uh, can't wait to be able to see, uh, you know, players hit that little round ball uh, all over the place. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks for listening to us. Um, we'll be back in a week or so here, a couple weeks during spring training. We'll try to be back every week during um, the regular season. Yeah. Um, cool. But we're back. We're back, guys. Um, again, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. and. You can follow the show on Twitter at uh, Ethos Braves. Um, you can follow me at F3 Motley Crew. Um, and, Jeremy, and I'm on Facebook as well as John Rock McKay. Jeremy? Yep. I'm, I'm still on Facebook just as uh, Jeremy Bell. <laughs> there we go. Um, thanks for listening. And as always, go Braves. Go Braves.